Welcome back to another episode of Love, Transform, Restore. This is your host, Charles Prince, minister of the Lyman Church of Christ in Lyman, Colorado. I stand before the crowd, listening for my name. They shall be crucified, this man is who to blame. Knowing what I deserve, they free me from my chains. I turn to see his wretched face. I did not know it was his grace. It's you free me from the chains. It's you took away my pain. And now I call upon your name. For you're my Savior and my King. Yes, you're my Savior and my King. Welcome back to another episode. And um, I apologize in advance if you hear me clearing my throat a lot. I didn't realize that I um, got a little bit of a cough in my throat. So I'm going to try to, if I have to clear my throat, I'm going to try to clear it away from the microphone so I don't blow your ears off. <clears throat> and uh, as I try to clear my throat, which I, like I said, I didn't realize my voice was uh, like this and even sounding a little raspy, which hadn't wasn't sounding like this not long ago so I'm uh, guess I'm getting a little um, a little bit of uh, sickness coming on hopefully not too much try to knock it out the ball park as far as it not progressing any further hopefully by tonight but before we get into the episode tonight I just wanted to make mention of a couple of things that I re that I had mentioned in the first episode one I do not get paid by sponsors. I do not get paid by sponsors. And I'll mention in a minute why I said that. But I do this podcast for free. I don't do it to make money. The whole purpose is just to teach the gospel of Christ, to help us grow in the gospel of Christ, to transform our lives for the master and to be the best Christians that we can possibly be. Two, I want to again give special thanks Huge special thanks to Noah McDonald. Um, He's given me permission to use the song, Song of Barabbas, as the theme for my podcast. Uh, So if you haven't listened to the first episode, um, you might not have realized that this is a special song that was written by Noah McDonald and others. And uh, don't misunderstand, this this was not written just for the podcast. It was written and released last year. And when I heard it, I thought this would be so perfect for my podcast. So I contacted Noah McDonald and he had given me permission to use it. So I owe a special thanks and a huge, um, a huge, uh, a huge uh, gratitude, a huge load of gratitude toward, towards him for him because I was wondering how, or what music I was going to use for the podcast. And then I know my app comes with pre-installed music, but I did want something that fit more of what we were doing here. And so this opportunity came up perfectly. And I'm so thankful that him and others have allowed me permission to use this song. And again, if you want to hear the whole song, it is available on YouTube. It's called Song of Barabbas. And we will have it on the Facebook page. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. Facebook page is up and running. If you have it, like the Facebook page. Type in Love Transform Restore Podcast in your search bar. And you should be able to find it available. And if not, uh, find me on Facebook, Charles Prince. Um, As far as I know, I think I'm the only Charles Prince in Lyman. And just find me there and my and it should be posted on my personal page. So keep that in mind. Now, back to the first thing I mentioned. A uh, reason I wanted to say that I do not get paid by sponsors. 
So sponsors don't pay me to mention them on my podcast because I wanted to mention that because there are some things I want to discuss before we get into the podcast. And first things first, I want to discuss two other podcasts that are available for you to listen to. I am a big fan of this first one, The Light Network. The Light Network, um, which is headed up by a number of great Christians, great brothers and sisters in Christ, especially the Hatfields, Robert and Emily Hatfield. They've done such an amazing job. And I am so proud and thankful to have them as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I encourage you to go on your favorite venue, whether it be Spotify, Apple, Google, whichever it is, and look up the the Light Network. Just type it in and you'll see the huge range of, of uh, podcasts they have available. Or you can go to thelightnetwork.tv in your search bar you know, or in your uh, URL on your browser and it'll take you straight to that website, thelightnetwork.tv, and you'll find all the podcasts that are available and they are worth a listen to. Now, the second podcast I have not listened to, but I have been to their marriage seminar and so I know the podcasts are going to be great and that is the And the Stronger Marriage podcast with Trey and Leah, which is Trey and Leah Morgan. And they go around the country doing marriage seminars. Me and my wife got a chance to listen to them, to listen to Trey at least, in Arlington, Tennessee. And that was a really, really great time. And not only did it improve uh, me as a husband and my wife as and my wife as a wife, but it, it pretty much transformed our marriage. So Yes, I might sound like I'm exaggerating a bit, but I'm not. They are really, really good. So I strongly encourage you to give that, uh, give them a listen. Um, it's called And the Stronger Marriage Podcast with Trey and Leah. And we'll have links to these in the Facebook page, on the Facebook page as well. And I also want to talk about two Christian businesses. That's the reason why I wanted to mention we're not paid by this. Um, but in the first episode, not only did I say we weren't getting paid by these businesses, but I did mention that um, on from time to time, we will mention businesses owned by Christians. And so this is one of the times that I wanted to do that. Uh, first one I want to talk about is the ChristianFamilyBookstore.com. Uh, this is a uh, Christian bookstore out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's an excellent bookstore. I've bought plenty of material from them, plenty of Bibles from them, from times they set up displays at lectureships. So you can go on their website, browse around, see what they have available. And again, that's the ChristianFamilyBookstore.com and based out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. And the second business I want to talk about is Dragonfly Photography. Now, this one is for those that live in southern New Mexico or southwestern or to be more specific, western Texas, especially the El Paso area. Uh, and all the way into the uh, southwestern portion of New Mexico and into the Boot Hill area of New Mexico. This is a photography business owned by a good friend of mine, Lainey Becker. She does an excellent job at photography. And so if you have any event that you need a photographer for, she is uh, available for that. So please be sure to, uh, you can contact her on Facebook or you can send her an email at dragonflyphotos17 at gmail.com. Again, that's dragonflyphotos17 at gmail.com. And again, all of this will be posted on the Facebook page after I get done with uh, getting this podcast published and up available everywhere. So this is just... Uh, for you to know the resources that are available to helping your Christian growth and also to know that there are a number of individuals that own business, a lot of Christians that own business and own a lot of businesses and it's just great to get their names out there so you know that you have good people that you can get services from. This is not to say that um, those that I don't mention are not you know, good Per se, but 
I think it is good to try to support one another and to help build up each other. And so just uh, keep those things in mind. And again, they'll be on the Facebook page. So um, I appreciate you for being patient with me discussing these things. We're going to go ahead and talk about what we plan to talk about today. Last week, we discussed a lot about Romans 10, 9 and 10, which led us a little bit to talk a bit about grace. And when I say a bit about grace, probably about 10 seconds worth, if even that. But I mentioned that one verse that gets taken out of context a lot is Ephesians 2, 8. So if you want to turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, that is the verse we're going to be focusing on tonight and or whenever you're listening to this, which I apologize for not getting this out sooner. I had planned to get this released by the afternoon actually around three or four uh, mountain standard time but i ran into some issues with a new microphone that i had bought so i had to resort back to using my old one so fortunately my old one's been good and it's still holding up and so having to go back to that and try to figure out what i'm going to do with this new microphone i just got but ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 and continuing to look at passages and topics that have a lot of misconceptions around them. And again, <clears throat> Ephesians 2 verse 8, which reads, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. And we're going to go ahead and get verse 9 as well. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And that's intriguing in mind, and very intriguing thoughts there in these two verses because so often when you run across people that want to talk about works in the as a Christian, many will turn to this verse or at least reference it and say that, well, Scripture teaches that we don't have to work. That, you know, the grace that we've gotten, our salvation is not through our own means or not a result of our own doing. And... I uh, know a lot of people rely on that. And so the whole purpose I want to get across here is to help us understand what exactly is the grace of God referencing in this passage. Now, I just got done teaching a mini ser sermon series on Sunday morning at Lyman on uh, the grace of God. <clears throat> and I love this topic. <clears throat> I love this topic because it's so in-depth and so much involved in this topic, but a lot of times it's taught incorrectly and not just taught incorrectly outside of the church, but it's definitely taught incorrectly in the church as well. And, but first we're gonna talk about how it's taught incorrectly outside of the church. Uh, the first thing I wanna bring up with this is the belief that's often told by people that believe in what is often called grace alone is um, in which in their idea of grace alone, they believe that it is through the grace of God we are saved. And not only is it through his grace that we are saved, but absolutely nothing has to be done in order to receive that grace. So they've taken it one way and say that there's nothing to be done in a lot of Times they will reference verses eight and nine and focus on phrases such as, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, or in verse nine, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. And the one thing we have to keep in mind is we have to continue to read verse 10 of Ephesians 2 For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, verse 10 tells us that God is not expecting us not to have good works or not to work. And so, we're going to get in explain what exactly this is meaning. So we see that we have a group that will say that we get God's grace. There's nothing we have done to to uh, get it. You know, that it's bestowed upon us upon no action. You know, no action is needed to receive the grace of God. Two, they'll also bring out, they'll also bring out there that anyone that teaches that 
any action needs to be done, they believe that that is negating the grace of God. In which um, the honest truth to these things is, is that one, the grace of God is a gift of God. The word grace means unmerited favor. This means that a favor or a gift has been extended to you, though you do not deserve it or have not earned it. And so with that in mind, you might think to yourself, well, if that's the case, then isn't this right then? Isn't this right that there is nothing we can do to, you know, to uh, to earn that grace? And the truth of the matter is, none of us are worthy and none of us have truly done anything to earn the grace of God. It's been bestowed upon us. However, we need to keep in mind that scripture does command us, as we just read in verse 10, we were we are his craft worksmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So we are still expected to do works. And again, we'll discuss more of this later in the podcast. But the grace of God is available to us. It's bestowed upon us. However, that does not mean it's bestowed upon us against our will. And and I what I mean by that is because some that will try to push that the grace of God is all you need and whatnot, they will say nothing has to be done. Because we have to keep in mind that when you make that suggestion that nothing has to be done, then you have just opened up the possibility that um, there has to, not only is there nothing to be done on our part, but that the gift is just free for anyone to take it regardless of the circumstances that they are in. But the problem with that statement Scripture clearly teaches, which if you listen to last week's podcast, we talked about the steps of salvation that are located throughout Scripture, the puzzle, that, as I've called it, located throughout Scripture. And it paints a clear picture of what is needed to be done to receive the salvation of God and the grace of God. So you have to understand That when we read this passage and we see that, you know, not by your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works. This is not saying that these steps, those steps we talked about last week are not included. Because I want to ask this question. If one is to do the steps found in scripture, yes, that takes our action to do, but Those actions came from who? Did not come from man. It came from God. It came from God. So if the actions came from God, then is it our own work that is gaining us or that allows us to have the grace of God? If these works came from God, they came from God themselves, from gate came from God himself. And so if they came from God, then that means that grace, yes, it is unmerited favor, but I have to ask, do we, have we ever, or will we ever in the future have done anything to, to deserve a chance to be with God, to have a connection to the Father? No, we haven't. But that's where the grace of God comes in. But it is not in the way that some teach it that it's just there and it's available, you know, as far as like just being bestowed upon everyone regardless. One that violates the teaching and the principle that God gave us a free choice. And two, if we we acknowledge that we are not deserving of salvation. But God extended it to us because he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten, as we see in John 3.16. He gave his only begotten son. And so with him giving his only begotten son, that there shows you that even though we did not deserve Christ, we did not deserve God's mercy and his grace, 
he still offered us a chance to be with him. And so the whole plan of salvation in and itself is indeed the grace of God. Because the fact that he gave us an opportunity to be able to hear and to read the very words, the very mind of God in scripture, that's something that is gracious for God to allow us to do. That's God's grace that he allows us to be able to look inside the mind of God in the scriptures and see what he wants us to do. Is it grace? Is it grace that we are able to believe what we've read and what we heard? Definitely. We have been given that free choice to believe, given that free choice to say, God, I know there's something I need more than I could ever find on this earth. And that is you, God. Is it God's grace that he allows us to repent? Oh, definitely. A lot of times we don't think of repentance as being part of God's grace, but it really is because the fact that scripture tells us to repent, that tells you right there that God thinks we're special. And I want to explain that because a lot of times we think about change. We think our, our minds come to the fact like, oh man, do I really have to give that up? Do I really have to... No, do I no longer have to, to, uh, let me rephrase that. Do I have to give that up? That was fun. That was pleasurable. I want to hold on to it. You know, that's the thought we have. You know, we think God's no fun. If we can't do these things or the things in my life that might be uh, well to me or might bring me temporary happiness, but not lasting joy, which nothing gives us lasting joy other than God, or even things that aren't bad, but we might have been putting them before God. And we might think to ourselves, why, why is God expecting us to do all this? You know, I can't change, but that's the beautiful thing about God telling us to repent. God has faith, that much faith in us, to say, I want to change my life. I want to stop doing these things. I want to follow God. That's pretty special. That him knowing we have free will, but he has enough trust in us to be able, for some of us to be able to make that decision to change, to turn, to go follow God. That's a very special thing. And that is definitely the grace of God. Another thing, grace of God, being able to confess your faith before people, before anybody, you know, in which um, the confession talking about prior to baptism. And not only just that, but being able to continuously to confess that faith through our actions, through our defending of the scripture, through the way we live, through the way we help each other and help those outside of the church. We get to continuously show that Christ is within us after, you know, we have come to Christ. And before you come to Christ, being able to express that love and fully recognize that because of the previous steps, you have been convicted to tell the world that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and then being baptized. Now... There are some who advocate the whole idea that um, none of these things are, you know, applied to the grace of God. Well, I don't have to say baptism truly shows the grace of God more than most other actions in scripture, in my opinion. Why is that? The fact that God set up baptism the way that it, he did as we looked last week in Romans 6, 1 through 14, the way he set up baptism so that we can resemble and imitate that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is absolutely amazing. And it is nothing but the grace of God. Because, yes, we have become candidates for baptism upon doing the previous four steps. But... The fact that God allowed us a chance to have our sins completely forgiven, to be cleansed, to be never be brought up again, 
especially our past, no matter what our past is, that's really amazing. We did not deserve God to give us this plan, this process to come to him, but he gave it to us because he loved us. Paul even said that our righteousness are as filthy rags before him. So just even with that in mind, despite that, God still loved us so much that not only did he give his son, but he even gave us a way to come to him. And that is the mighty grace of God, because it is God's grace that has been extended to us to why we are able to even talk about the idea of hearing the word of God, believing that word, repenting of our sins, you know, changing our lives for the better, wanting to follow and serve God, then confessing that faith and then being baptized. Those five steps constitute the wonderful grace of God because, you know, we were not deserving of it. In Acts chapter two, they were deserving of death. You know, if this was a human religion, the fact that they killed not only the founder of the religion, but an individual who is deity himself, that crime in most human religions, especially and man, you think about man-made religions and, you know, you can't even look at an idol wrong or cross an idol a certain way without severe punishment. And these individuals literally killed the son of God. But instead of getting deaf, God had informed Peter the Holy Spirit had informed them and informed everyone that they had a responsibility to change their lives and to be baptized based on the belief that has been generated from what they have heard in that sermon. It's beautiful when you think about how that perfect plan of salvation and how God had delivered it and the logical steps of those plan of salvation and realizing that that is the grace of God. That's the grace of God. Now, I um, want to couple, uh, tackle a couple of the verses real quick because some of the more common arguments you'll hear too is not just in salvation, but afterwards as well. Um, you might get past the salvation point and there's many that believe that some action has to be done on the individual's part in order to um, get to the point of salvation. But then many will say, well, you know, you don't really have to work. You know, God's, you know, the grace of God, you know, with God's grace, you don't have to do anything. Well, one, they're contradicting what we read again in, in uh, verse 10 about how we were created for good works. And not only that, but People will use this verse and they will also use Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3 verses 20 through 26. We talked a little bit, uh, references verse a little bit last week. But I want to talk again, bring it up again. Romans 3, 20 to 26. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. Since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption what is that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forth as a perpetuation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Uh, many will turn here and especially in verse three and well, verse 24, you know, justified by his grace as a gift. And many will say you don't work for a gift. You know, you when you receive a gift, you're, you know, you're given it. And yes, God's grace is a gift. God's grace is a favor that we did not deserve, that was not merited. However, we have to keep in mind that, you know, and many will say, you know, through faith, you know, we're justified, you know, but through grace and justified by faith and not realizing that, um, first of all, this letter 
was trying to convince the Jews that the old law was no longer something to abide by, nor did their ancestors follow the whole law well. And to help them realize that Christ was not only better, but presented something so great that the old law could not, um, the old law did its job to help bring it about, but it was now obsolete. That old system was now obsolete. So this faith, this grace of God has come through Jesus Christ. And also, every time you see the term faith, you know, many will say, we'll talk about just needing faith. And, you know, throughout Romans, this is talking about the system of faith, the Christian system. Paul, through inspiration, is trying to show a difference between the old law and the new covenant the new covenant through the blood of christ that was purchased on the cross and how this faith system of being in christ believing in christ dying with christ through baptism arisen again and constantly a reminder of the fact that christ had done this for us and helping them to realize that they need to put away the former things that's the reason why people might get a little confused when they'll see verses in Romans or in Ephesians as we read. But then they will go over the book of James in James chapter 2. And when you look at James chapter 2, especially when you get down to verse 14, it talks about how someone cannot have faith without works. And this had confused Martin Luther, the founder of the Lutheran Church, or the unintended founder of the Lutheran Church, rather. He did not think James belonged in the Bible because he just could not understand how some passages were saying, you know, just needing faith or just by, by faith and through grace, but then come over to James and saying that faith without works is dead, as we see in verse 26 of chapter 2. You know, and, and making the comparison about how the body, apart from the spirit, is dead. There's no use for a body that's the spirit is the, is the part from it. So also faith apart from works is dead as well. So making that comparison and not realizing that the faith reference here is our personal faith. Our personal faith has to have those works. Ephesians chapter 2, and again in verse 10, we were created for those good works. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, we exhort one another to those good works. We don't do those works because this is some kind of, you know, we. this is not to say that, you know, by doing these things, we are somehow doing a checklist of, okay, we've done this and we we did this and we did that. And don't get me wrong, there are things that is required of us as Christians to do. But these works, though, we don't do these works to, uh, you know, to somehow earn what we have been given. We do these works out of gratitude for what we have been given. We have gratitude for what we have been given. That's why we do these good works. And that's why those who are ungrateful and do not do these works, they're the ones that are in serious trouble because God expects us to work. It's just we have made it so, I mean, at times, we have confused why we do these works. We do these works out of gratitude of what God has given for us and out of love for Christ. You know, that's the reason why John 14 and verse 15 reads, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. It is out of love that we do these things. And that's the reason why it's so important to realize that if we do not have that love after we have come out of that watery grave of baptism, then we are in serious trouble. We have to have that love. Because having that love, why do we have that love? Because we fall in love with Jesus for what he's done for us on the cruel cross of Calvary. When we fall in love with him, we would want to serve him for the rest of our lives. 
That's the reason why I say we do these works out of gratitude for what he has done. You know, you think about, for instance, someone who might have been freed from slavery. And they, but their master had paid the price. Their master paid the price. And I'm thinking more of historic slavery, more than slavery in this country, but because... even though I have heard stories about kind of more modern day slavery in this country, but more referencing to what I've heard more that was more common in ancient Rome and other civilizations as well. But there's times where, you know, a master was so good to their servant that even after they were freed, that servant out of gratitude for what the master's done for them would continue to work for them as a sign of gratitude. And not only signs gratitude, but to stay in good graces of that master because that master had treated them so well. And knowing that they would rather be in the goodness of that master than out in the unknown and could be possibly in a worse situation. Same thing with Jesus. When he died on that cruel cross of Calvary and we learned that he died for us, we're free from the bondage of sin. But... We get, but we think to ourselves, wow, this Jesus did this for me. The very least I can do is in gratitude, live for him, work for him, and to love him. And I know this is, uh, we talk, we're talking a lot referencing here on grace and works and whatnot. And we're going to, um, we're going to do a series on here for season three that's going to focus largely on on this topic to break it down even more. Um, I want to swing to the other side here because as I mentioned, there's a lot of misteaching of grace on the outside of the church. And, and I do want to, and we did conquer or not conquer, but we did talk a lot about those misconceptions. And I, and I hope that I brought a little more clarity on what scripture teaches about the grace of God and faith in Christ as well and recognizing that those good works that we do is not necessarily saying oh we do these works to earn our place now god's grace has given us that place but it is up to us to keep in that good grace and in that favor because it's expected of us to do that in return for what god has done for us for offering his son now, I want to swing to the opposite spectrum here in the church. And for those that were um, here during my series, my mini series on grace, I made reference to a meme I saw on Facebook a long time ago, and it started making its rounds a little bit more again the, about a month and a half ago. But the meme is a picture of Noah and Noah's Ark. And in the meme, it says, Grace did not save Noah, obedience did. And I mentioned in the sermon, and I reiterate this, um, I do not think that the author of this meme or the creator of this meme, you know, had bad intentions or anything. I think, I, I know why they did that, because with the teaching of grace, making it seem like that obedience is not needed, I understand why that meme was created. However, I disagree with the message on there. I if it wasn't for grace, Noah would not have been saved. And this now I have seen a corrected one. And I do think that this one actually is a pretty good one. And I think is more accurate. Someone that took in that same meme when it first was circulating and put, you know, grace and obedience save Noah. And I think that's extremely accurate because Noah received God's grace. There is no question about it. But we also know that he had to build the ark and he followed the instructions in building the ark. However, a lot of times we don't think about God's grace with that because the fact God allowed Noah and his family and, you know, to be able to survive what God was going to do That was a showing of God's grace right there and showing of the mercy and the righteousness of God. The fact 
that he allowed Noah to preach for 120 years to try to get people to change and to be able to be saved from what was coming. That was God's grace. He could have said, you know, he could have said that, you know, after he could have made it a lot sooner than that. But God allowed a plenty of time to allow people to be able to come to him. So there's a lot of things that happen with Noah and the ark that is very gracious, the very grace of God. Did those people deserve another chance or 120 years of Noah trying to preach and trying to change people's hearts? Did they deserve that? No. God talked about how wicked they are. But he allowed them a chance to come and they didn't. God allowed Noah and his family a chance to survive and they and they took it. So we see perfectly that grace is extended, but we still need to act upon it. We still need to act upon it. Not act upon it because, again, trying to, as some will try to run the Ephesians 2 and say, you know, well, it's, you know, works, you know, we're no obtain it. You know, it's not by our works. It's like, yes, I understand. It's not by our works, but it is by God's works through what God has commanded. Just as the plan of salvation is God's work, Noah building that ark, that was God's, that was Noah carrying out the orders of God. You know, God's work. See, that's the thing I believe we have gotten confused about understanding works, grace, and faith. Is that when it says our own works, this is not saying that we're void of responsibility. Just mean This means that we are responsible not for what we have created or think of to do. We're responsible for what God has commanded us to do. God's grace was extended to us. We did not deserve it, but that does not mean that we do not follow God's will. And that does not mean we do not follow God's commandments. Again, John 14, 15, I want to reiterate that again. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so that's Jesus's commandments. So we are doing the work of God. It is through God's work that we show our love to him, not our own work. But God's work, Jesus's commandments are to be followed. And that's the reason why we have to be so careful in how we teach this passage, because grace is an amazing thing. We've, uh, I think we have unfortunately neglected grace and have not fully understood what grace is. And to be honest, Grace is unfathomable because in human nature, we are taught that you get what you deserve. You know, if you commit a crime, you know, you go to jail. You know, if you've uh, done, you know, if, if a crime was especially heinous, you might get a worse punishment. You know, might even get sentenced to death, depending on which state you live in. Um, a lot of different uh, things can happen. But the idea that God offered that forgiveness and that grace to everyone is is just mind-boggling because even if we turn away from sin, you know, and we come out of the water grave, we're a new creation, we're new, and we're striving to walk in the light as we see in 1 John, you know, chapter 1, verses 5 through 10, and that blood of Christ that is continuing to cleanse us as long as we're in the light and realizing that with all of that, Still, it was God's grace because we did not deserve a chance to have a relationship with God. But God loved us that much that he extended his grace towards us. And I am so thankful that he did. I know we um, talked quite a bit and you might have to listen to time or two more to 
hopefully to get the idea, get some of these ideas uh, ingrained a bit. And I and I encourage you, don't take my word for it. Read the scriptures for yourselves. You know, read read Ephesians chapters, uh, Ephesians chapters uh, one and two. Read um, Romans chapter three and other chapters in Romans. Read James chapter two, especially fourteen to twenty six. You know, these verses all combine perfectly, though at times we try to make it seem like that they're all separate. No, grace, faith, and works, all of them are intertwined. But we must, again, realize that it's not the works of man that's being referred to here, but the works of God. And again, if you really think about it, those works from God, those are gracious too, because he allowed us to be able to grow closer to him, closer to each other, and to become better Christians, better people through these works, and to become better servants through these works. And, you know, it's amazing when you think about what all God has done for us and the mercy he has extended towards us, and that God could have destroyed the earth again instead of sending his son. But he sent his son so that we can have a chance to be with God forever. And I am so thankful that he has done that. And so, uh, again, a lot was discussed tonight. I pray that you've gained quite a bit from this lesson. It was a pretty in-depth lesson in talking about the grace of God. And I know we um, had gotten a little deep on some areas so if you have any questions if i lost you at any chance or any, by any chance in this podcast please message me we can contact um one-on-one uh, my email address is on the facebook page and and i'm just offering that because grace is such an in-depth topic there's no way I can cover everything in the limited time that I have in a podcast. So I, um, that's the reason why that I'm planning to make a series of this over in season uh, three. Which, speaking of seasons, um, with this being episode nine, we have four more less, uh, four more podcasts until season one is over. Now, when season one is over, in which that will be four weeks from now, which I want to take a quick look, make sure I have the date correct. So March 3rd will be the last episode for season two. And then, no, season one, I'm sorry, for season one. And then the week, the second week of March, which for that Tuesday, which when the Tuesdays when the podcast comes out, which is March 10th, there will not be a podcast that day. There won't be podcasts in between seasons. And the reason I'm doing that is I'm going to be taking that week to finalize episodes for season two to ensure that um, I have a good amount of material, good amount of topics, and also taking people's suggestions to um, get season two ready and to tweak it and whatnot. So I'm going to be doing that. So that week... No podcast on March 10th, which I'll give a reminder of it on the March 3rd podcast. So um pretty excited that this podcast has been doing pretty good. Giving God the glory, of course. Um, excited about um, getting ready for season two and finishing out season one. And I know we talked a little bit before we got in lesson, some of the other podcasts that are available. I encourage you. Um, check out as many of these podcasts as you can. Um, we don't. I don't like to. I don't like to try to say, "Oh man, just listen to mine." No, I encourage you listen to as many as you can, especially some of the ones that have been doing it longer than me. Um, I'm. That's another reason I listen to them. Not only just for information and to help to enrich my soul, but also to get a better understanding on how to improve on my podcast and how to get better at it. And so I'm hoping season two will be so much, uh, be a lot more improvement by then. And hopefully even by the end of the season, you'll um, see a lot more improvement by then as well. But thank you all for bearing with me so much. Um, <laughs> I've been wanting to do podcasts for a while, but 
It gets difficult for me because I like to move when I talk. So the idea that I have to sit still while doing a podcast really is like, oh, I want to move. So thank you all for uh, uh, bearing it with me and letting me be able to um, to talk scripture with you and to delve into God's word and to understand it better. And again, grace is a pretty in-depth topic. And so if you got any questions, uh Head up the Facebook page or email me. Both are available on the Facebook page. And I'll be more than happy to take questions from there. So if you, um, again, as we've been doing these podcasts, um, if you haven't received the grace of God, as far, you know, as you being, as you going through those five steps that we talked about earlier in this podcast, I encourage you to do that. You know, and again, as we mentioned in Romans six, coming out of that watery grave, reenacting the reenacting what Christ went through on that cross of Calvary, which fortunately we just have to go through the water. We don't have to go through what he did. And and I say fortunately, but I hate that he had to go through that, but man, the what he's done for us is so unimaginable in human thought. And just when you really think about what he's done for you, you can't help but be overwhelmed with the feeling of gratitude to want to work for him for the rest of your life. And it's sometimes it's not easy. Actually, a lot of times it's not easy. It's a constant fight. It's a struggle because the ways of the world are easy to slip back into. It's so much easier to follow the world than to follow Christ. But Ain't that amazing with the grace of God that even if we fail, you know, in order to understand God's grace, we must understand human nature. How many times can we allow someone to fail us before we give up on them? Sometimes it might, it depends on the person. Some people might get a little more tolerance, uh, might have a little more tolerance for based on previous history, but some people, you might, maybe after the third time that they messed up, you pretty much may not want nothing to do with them or don't trust them enough to do anything. To imagine God's grace is so great that even if I fail him, thou, uh, I don't, maybe I'll, I'll go ahead and say that thousands of times. If I'm willing to get back up, get back on that path, if I'm willing to stay in that light and be let that blood of Christ to cleanse me, that's amazing because we as humans, if God was like how we think at times, we honestly would be Again, thank you all for taking me into this podcast. And I uh, pray that you set me free from Calvary. Oh, you're my savior.